0: Welcome to episode 38 of the Wedding Wisdom Podcast, and we are here with a true icon of the event industry, Ron Bin Israel.
1: Hey, Ron. Hey, Doug. This is the first time
0: I'm being called an icon, but it could be worse. It could be. <laughs> there are worse things to be called. <laughs> You're one of the handful of people in the industry that's really transcended the industry. Oh, please. No, I'm seriously like... A Let's Colin talk Her- about you, Doug. First of all, you have okay. a great, radio voice, and oh, I would—I could listen
1: to you forever. But you're also a handsome guy with nice reddish curl. I wish, <laughs> the, I wish the listener could see, <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: uh, you know. But it's very useful for me to shave my head because I don't have to wear a hairnet in the kitchen. Oh, that's right. That's one of the advantages of growing. When did, more you, when did you do the full shave? Uh, I started in my thirties way before I started doing cakes. My first professional cakes were I was almost 40. This has been my career for the past 20 years. Wow.
0: (laughs) So you did... So you made all this happen?
1: I didn't make anything happen. I was... I needed some source of income because my dance career was over. Right. I also came to this, uh, All right, so
0: start from the beginning. So you, you had a, an art
1: background and a dance background. Yes. And I came here as a dancer. I was in touring companies and I had a career a few years, but then not only I was growing older, my artists' visas were expiring and I uh, overstayed uh, my welcome because I wanted to live in New York city right. and I had to find sources of income, which were allowed me to stay afloat keep your green card. No, I had no green card. Now it's time to, now I can (laughs) confess. (laughs) I I started my cake That's the statute of limitations. Yes. I I started my cake career because I needed sources of income. You hear how diplomatic I am. And as a result of doing cakes and establishing a career, people suggested that I'll apply for the um, category of exceptional artist, which I had no clue that it It existed yeah Yeah. but i did and i was approved and i became a citizen was that
0: because you were a dancer and you would come here as a no
1: i (laughs) applied. there are plenty of american dancers they would have never uh uh, accepted it i applied as an artist based on my cake work and Uh, apparently not a lot of people have done that right and i was approved for citizenship wow Mm -hmm. that's fantastic so that reminds me to stay grateful to this country That's right. that accepted me and took me in. And we should always remember that.
0: Mm-hmm. Every that election. Or what makes this country great. I just finished jury duty, every election,
1: every demonstration, every expression to support our democracy is important for me. I'm suggesting that we'll talk about the politics of cakes. Mm. Perfect. I love it. Because everything okay. is political. Tell me where you're going with that. I believe that cakes are political because they're an expression of who you are and they have a message. And in the society, they play a role. So if you do a very um, large wedding and have a tiny cake, that may reflect badly. Right. Some people use the cake as the center focus of a wedding, which I, of course, like. Uh, So cake could reflect who you are in terms of taste, instead of standing in terms of wealth or lack thereof. Cake could be, flashy and cheap. It could be elegant. There are many, many ways. So everything we do is actually political. It expresses ourselves, It's an opinion. Uh, it's a standard. We can write a treatise about it. Exactly. I think we should. <laughs> it's not just cake. Cake has a lot of meanings in society, in history. And of course, it's the most important thing for me. I mean, you could go back to, let me eat cake. Exactly. Which actually, <laughs> they figured out is wrongly attributed to uh, Marie Antoinette. Somebody yeah. else said it. But yes, I mean, I would rather eat cake every day.
0: So what was it? The people were starving in the... It was French Revolution? People, starving right. the people are starving in People are starving and cake.
1: the nobility didn't realize that you have to pay for food. So <laughs> they thought they don't have bread, also let them eat cake. But it became a very popular expression. Right, okay. But, you know, there's no question... Of, talking about politics and... Um, the Baroque period and Marie Antoinette. Our cake is a luxury product, and I think cake in general is a luxury product. Every dessert, you don't have to have sweets, you don't have to have sugar. Especially a decorated cake for a special occasion is not your everyday product. It's not something you buy in a shop, right? You meet with a designer, you plan months in advance. It's just like designing for the flowers, the music that you do, the invitations, the outfits. In that respect, it's a political statement because you're taking something extraordinary and having your guests, family, friends share it. And of course, in these days, you put it on social media so everybody gets to see it. The press may feature you. It's a statement. Right. And it's a statement, not an everyday one, but hopefully once in a lifetime. Some people repeat
0: yeah, some that like, twice in a lifetime. Right? Mm-hmm. We had twice. more
1: than twice, trust <laughs> me, but we don't quote names.
0: No, of course. So you know what I have noticed about your cakes mm-hmm. specifically is that they're all layer cakes. So uh, of, of course, I, I guess all wedding tr- cakes traditionally. I think what you're referring to is a structure. Yes.
1: That like traditional wedding cakes is based on layer upon layer upon layer. Sometimes there'll be separations, columns, which we're going back to. It's a very old-fashioned way. but We're doing that now. Um, we would have flowers that extend the tiers. But yes, you, in order to build high, mm-hmm. like a building, you have to have floors or tiers or layers. Except that some weddings we've done had a singular uh, structure, like a giant cube, but that's rare. Right. You're right that will be reserved more for party cakes and special
0: uh, occasions as opposed to weddings. you know what i think is really interesting on a, just another subject altogether because you've been judges judge on, on so many shows you hosted and, and you've been on television and and a lot of these sort of like um, reality game show type things mm-hmm. are sort of purely made up but in the culinary arts there have always been competitions and you've always been graded, you know, get a Michelin star, get, get this, get, get reviewed on every single, mm-hmm. you know, there are actual competitions. I think I'm actually sure of that. I don't think I know that the competitions came from
1: the guilds of the medieval times and there were always graded raids given accolades or banishments as well. (laughs) So that tradition is very long. And I actually did a lot of competitions here in New York City, which were French inspired with jury and were very seriously taken. They were not televised necessarily until later years. They were done in uh, exhibition space in Javits center. You would get medals, which are displayed here Mm -hmm. and uh, the prestigious one would be provided by the French Republic and then different organizations. So you would be graded on your skills. There would be uh, a ceremony and it was very worthy. And also I would get feedback from the judges. This has all changed with TV. Yeah. So I don't want to say that the TV shows are made up. They are scripted reality, which you set up an environment in a studio usually mm-hmm. Uh, but then the competitions are real. What happens is yeah. happening in real life, except they're edited and there's additional drama and music of course, yeah. and, <laughs> and prizes, uh, right. Very large monetary prizes usually.
0: Yeah. And tears. But the nice thing about it is that there's actually, it comes out of a tradition yes, it, of reality. It, exactly. It's not it the Kardashians be- where you're just like looking at someone's life. I like it because
1: people are doing something and they are really getting judged for their, uh, for the product, Mm -hmm. but there is the element of personality. Oh, of course. Yeah. They do say that the best pastry chefs are actually not good on TV. They're boring. I'm not talking about chefs. Mm -hmm. Pastry chefs and bakers are so scientific in the approach and we take so much time producing our uh, goods. Mm that it's not always interesting for TV. You want somebody flying around, being hysterical, or crying, or flipping out, or uh, fighting. Iron Chef. Right, but there's a place for everyone. And I think, I know, again, I don't think I know that uh, Food Network and all the food shows have increased the interest in food and actually contribute as professionals in terms of notoriety, they, they provide a platform and people know about it. So when potential brides and grooms come here, they already know because they've seen me on TV a little bit more about my
0: work than years ago. So
1: it's fun. I
0: like it. Yeah. It's literally defining your brand. Uh, partially. I, I think
1: it's only a very small part of the are known. Right. Because if you only do reality TV, then... You don't have much to show for
0: except your personality. And really what what stands, your legacy, is the actual cake. Like Absolutely. You, you're not going to people's weddings. It's not the run, run Ben Israel show. It's just the cake sitting by itself. Right. I,
1: I see what you're saying. It's true that our product, our cake, yeah. sits or gets presented in a reception. And that's what you see. I'm not there necessarily to entertain the guests. Occasionally I get invited Mm -hmm. and I may make an appearance, but it's more than just the cake, it's a brand. So if you're using a certain silverware or, or certain flowers on the table, they also come from a certain place. So if you use a florist who is well known and has a certain style, you are associating yourself with that and the guests do want to know. Uh, So the legacy is a product, but also the whole brand and the whole name right? and the experience as well, because it's true that the cake is the final statement, but the whole experience of meeting months or even years in advance and going through the design choices, building a uh, a profile for the
0: flavors, everything is very carefully calculated. Tell me about that. All right. So a a client comes in.
1: Well, if I may, clients don't just come in. Clients, we have to actually ask them not to come in. We have to start a dialogue and figure out whether we are able to serve them. So the first, thing, the first question would be, when is your event? Whether it's a wedding or a bar mitzvah or a christening, we need to find out that we are available. And then we start a discussion, whether it's by email, which is more and more common, or by phone, uh, very basic things. What do you have in mind? What size cake? Is any style? Some styles we refuse to do. They're just simply not ours. Mm -hmm. We don't like to copy other people's work. So we need to talk about what the expectations are. And very important, very important, is to discuss the budget expectations. There's no point to come in and indulge in hours of consulting, drawing, sketching, swatching, planning, tasting, and then find out that we are not in the same uh, direction. And what we see more and more is people arrive here with few recommendations. So maybe they'll arrive with a party planner who helps to coordinate everything. The location will recommend us. A lot of the other vendors, the musicians like Mm -hmm. yourself, the florists, the invitation, um, the, the stationary artists, all those people will be part of a group that serves the clients. And we try to work together. We actually enjoy working together. Right. So very rarely uh, a client would be independently ordering a cake without having a relationship oh, to okay. other... Oh, yeah, it's connected vendors. to yes. the flowers, yeah. to we, the decor. I love the synergy of working with other people on your event. And also when you talk about people coming in, occasionally people will say, I want that cake, which is very strange for me. I don't go to a fashion designer and say, I want that suit. I would love a suit to be made to my body type
0: with my preferences. So all we do is bespoke custom-made cakes. I, that, that's actually become my favorite word. I love that word, bespoke. I was, I mean, Bill Spinner was talking about it, wearing a bespoke suit. Right. Yeah. And every event that he does at the PR is bespoke. Bespoke. And, How do you uh, define that? It's like it's made custom- specifically custom-made. Custom-made. Everything, uh, the fabric, the... Right. Now,
1: you know, sometimes... Uh, cakes could be made to order, which means there's already a style existing, but we will adjust it to the size of the party, to the style, to the colors, but the general idea have already been done before. So that will be sort of made to order if you want right. to be specific, but all these attempts from fashion, which is very useful when you deal with a brand like ours. There's a strong relationship to fashion, to um, events, floral design, mm-hmm. Uh, Even what's happening with linen and tabletop is amazing because you could rent everything, but it's not just plain white. You can get very creative. Even the tables and the chairs would be
0: specifically quiet for the party. Right. I was interviewing uh, David Beam who said, I only use hand-stitched cloths. Mm -hmm. I don't rent rent tablecloths ever
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, because you don't know what you're getting. You know, exactly. I want it to be and specific. Chair,
2: chair
1: covers and napkins. I went to an event yesterday and we had printed
0: linen um, napkins. Which is, Carolyn, and, and I apologize, on the podcast, I was supposed to be there. Uh, it was my wife's birthday. We were celebrating. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's great. There'll be many more. Um, you know,
1: I see, and I did it for one birthday of mine. You can customize the linen squares, the cocktail napkins, mm-hmm. and then they'll be used also as keepsakes. Oh, wow. Because who wouldn't like to save a little something that is memorable and is quality made with linen as opposed to a paper
0: cocktail napkin? Right, exactly. It's funny because when I was, Carolyn was on the podcast, she was um, early on, and she was talking about napkins and she would, she would go, she could talk for 10 minutes about napkins,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know, the importance of, Oh, well, You, you know. just started having me talk about cake. Yeah, well, I, I talked to you about the different kinds of flour and sugar and so forth. Right, exactly. Right. Here was one question I really wanted to ask you. How much of your cake, of the entire design, is, is edible? 100%. That's what I thought. I just wanted to hear you say it. I was just curious. Now,
1: let's be real. When we say the whole cake is edible, there are parts of the cake that are not. There are wooden boards that support the different tiers. There are right. hidden columns. There's of course a board, but let's talk about the wooden board that carries the cake. It has to be very stable, will be covered with icing to match the cake.
2: Oh, so wow. we, Because
1: it's much, not only easier and proficient for us, I, I, my early cakes, I covered the board with fabric because that's what I learned as a visual designer. Then I realized fabric is different than icing, and also the fabric started to absorb the buttercream. So I switched to covering the board to match the cake, visually and texturally. So in that respect, everything is edible. So you can lick the board if you want to. You can absolutely. <laughs> you can also eat the sugar flowers, but they're just dried sugar. So kids love sugar flowers. I prefer chocolate myself. Yes, me too. Now I think you're referring to the idea that people would bring to the location a fake cake or a faux cake, which Mm -hmm. is fake in French, doesn't make it any better. And that is something that started years ago when a lot of the cake decorators, which a word I dislike, (laughs) I prefer cake designer, or even a baker, the cake decorators were not bakers. So I know colleagues of mine that were excellent in decorating a cake that would be dummy. It would be uh, decorated on styrofoam so they could work in the studio for hours and hours or even days or weeks, and then the cake would be provided to the kitchen in the back by a different entity. But that never really rang true for me. For me, I always needed to work from a commercial kitchen with refrigeration, and for me, it feels like cheating. So I like to present a full cake that is
0: edible, and that's what people are paying for. When I first started the podcast, all I kept on thinking was as a musician, I'm, I only care if people are on the dance floor and if people are happy and the music is not too loud and, and everybody's having a great time. But I don't know anything about the cake. I don't know anything about the linens. I don't know anything about the flowers. I don't know anything about the hair and makeup. So mm-hmm. I wanted to, and, or the, you know, the entirety of the, the party. I mean, i have worked with all the best party planners. Right. But what I'm finding now, and certainly with you, is that there's there really is a genuine passion for what we do. You are an artist. I mean, do you consider yourself a chef, an artist, or I know you humbly say, you know, a baker? <laughs> but I, I never use the word
1: artist, honestly. For me, the term artist relates to art where someone who is an artist has a political agenda, social agenda. They work on the purpose of creating art. We do a service here. So it is artistic, but more artisanal in nature because we are serving somebody. The cake has a purpose. It's also perishable and it's not designed to be presented uh, independently of all the other
0: uh, areas. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's performance art. Right. And so you have this magnificent, beautiful, creative work of art. And then at the end of it, it's eaten. <laughs> that's the best <laughs> it's part. It's destroyed. That's, that's what I love about it. It's not destroyed, it. it's celebrated. Exactly. When you go to a museum, you don't, you don't take a piece of, you
1: know. Discussion about art is complex because for hundreds of years, art was created and sponsored by the nobility and the rich. Sure. The uh, princes. Yeah. The, the <laughs> 1% of society. And they did it to show off the wealth, the taste, and also to create a legacy. Mm -hmm. So, uh, art has not always been pure art many times was made to measure and by the yard. (laughs) But I, I just think it's very egocentric to call oneself an artist. Mm -hmm. I would rather be working on something and artisanal, um, artisanal practice belongs to set designs and costumes and fashion. So I'm
0: much more comfortable defining ourselves as such. I find it interesting that your uh where we're sitting, your your home base of operations is in the fashion industry, in the fashion, fashion district. Fashion district, isn't it perfect? Yeah. Yeah, I started in Soho, which was
1: um, downtown, and felt really comfortable, and actually was very reasonable uh, around the time of 9-11. Because oh, people wow. did not want to move to the areas downtown. Mm-hmm. But things have changed, and I tell you, when Tiffany opened... Um, <laughs> Tiffany opened a store across the street from us. I
0: knew that the car was ticking. The rents were going to go up.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and this area, the, the garment district also is being revived. And more and more people are moving in that are architects, designers. Galleries are opening up. And you'll see the old um, factories are moving out. This floor used to be a shoe factory. But you have uh, dozens of sewing machines and in the heart of New York City is not affordable anymore. So we switch. I mean, we still have a link to the past, but let's see how long it will last because more and more
0: hotels are becoming apparent here and condominiums. So old factories are being converted. So also what I find fascinating is that when you come in, like, like the first question I said was when a client comes in, it's not like they're door-to-door shopping. You know, there's a, there's a beautiful glass um, right. We, you can't enter and, just like that. We have right. to let and you come you know, in. You, right. You ring the bell and you come in and you're in a, a workspace. Cement floor, Like a cement floor yes. and, it's, and, yeah. and gigantic. Well, this is like a, it looks a, like the back of a bakery.
1: Right. We have 4,000 square feet. Wow. And half of it is production. So we have refrigerators and ovens and areas to bake and mix and ice the cakes. Then we have... Uh, the other half is about decorating and designing. And Then we have an office or a little showroom where people can sit in. But it's all designed towards the goal of producing real cakes. So yes, we do people who try to drop by, but you know, when I'm sitting with the clients, that's the main goal. Right. So
0: You only want to concentrate on that one Right.
1: Right. Everything is custom-made, so therefore, yes, there's a lot to look at while we're producing, but we, we can't
0: allow that. So all right. So the process, let's, let's just talk quickly about the process. The not, not that you can talk anything quickly because there's so much, but actually
1: I define it very clearly for the clients before they come in, we ask them to do some research, Mm -hmm. uh, to look online because we, over the years we uploaded so much to. The website, Facebook, and now, of course, Instagram, my darling. (laughs) May it last forever in that format. I love Instagram. you can just see a lot of the work and come prepared. And we also ask for a lot of what I call evidence. I love to look at the stationery to figure out what the celebrants are wearing. Of course, where the the reception is taking place has a great influence, whether it's an old-style ballroom or outdoors, Uh, Also, I need to know the temperature, whether it's it's on the beach. Right, I was just thinking
0: of having something in the Hamptons or something like that. Which
1: is great because we deliver in refrigerated vans, but we need to know. Right. Sometimes we have to park behind the tent in a refrigerated truck and let the cake out in the last minute. So everything is doable as long as you know. And I need a lot of information. My crew does too. What time do the guests arrive and so forth. We like to know who are the other vendors who are serving the celebrants because... The floral design will have great inspiration from colors. It doesn't mean that we're going to match, mm-hmm. but we
0: need to know. Maybe we'll work against it. Oh, so you have to know sort of the color palette of the of the flowers and the color palette of the the the, the tablecloths and
1: yeah. It's going to Let's be say David Beam
0: or... is using
1: a certain kind of light slate blue on the tablecloth. I may suggest to create a cake that will have light blue tweedia flowers, which are very sweet in the spring. To reflect on that. Maybe somebody will be using sunflowers, uh, which are done, but we will do a cake that will have black sunflowers. Who knows? Yeah. We can do a goth cake. The idea <laughs> is to know, to know what's the scheme and then work from there. And sometimes we borrow elements. A monogram from the invitation could appear on the cake. Oh, interesting. A certain yeah. weave uh, on the bride's sari in an Indian wedding end up or people would have a crest made or some people just want to feel like kings for a day and will have a crown on top of the cake made out of icing sure it's endless possibilities but i need to lay out where we start from otherwise you're just looking for cake a b and c right and not doing the couture bespoke process and once people come in We look at a lot of pre-existing photographs and we have a digital catalog in-house so we can look by tag. We tag every cake. So let's say if you mention some kind of blue, like turquoise, I can show you all the cakes were done with turquoise.
0: Or that would go with turquoise.
1: Exactly. So we we can start researching and then, of course, sketching and tagging and swatching. So we look at color swatches. We look at different typeface. We can look at past creations and slowly... Try to come up to an understanding of what will be uh, appropriate
0: cake. See, this is great. I had no idea that much planning went into it. Yeah, this is just the cake, one part yeah, of the it's whole just celebration. A
1: cake. It's a pretty cake. Then we get to not just the pretty, but the delicious part. So then we have a tasting, and the tasting will consist of our most popular offerings for this season. But really, since we work in advance, we need to give you right now. It's spring summer, Mm -hmm. so we want you to taste fall flavors in case you're getting married half a year from now. So just like fashion, fashion shows are always the year before. Right. So we want to see if somebody's exploring a wedding in the fall. What uh, what will they be interested in tasting for then? And, of course, we ask in advance if there are any dietary uh, considerations so we can address that. Thank you. I was going to ask you that. Gluten-free, vegan, and so forth. We actually, unfortunately, cannot produce vegan because of stability. So without, unfortunately, without eggs, without Oh, that's right. Completely vegan. That's right. So then I refer to colleagues of mine who could produce that. Oh, okay. But we can do
0: gluten-free. We can do dairy-free. Oh, you can? Absolutely. Why not? Oh, because I always thought that butter and eggs were the two. Well, eggs
1: (laughs) is not a consideration in dairy-free, but you just substitute margarine. You can use tofu. There are a lot of other substitutes. Right. And if you're looking for dairy-free, you would be very happy with what we can produce. But then we also would like to find out if there are any particular flavors that the couple or the guests are interested in to try. If somebody is crazy about carrot cake, we'll have it ready for
0: them to try oh my god you put something on instagram a couple of months ago that it was a carrot cake a very special carrot cake it was the most delicious looking thing oh, i've ever seen I mean, uh, you know it had frosting more, on it and you were talking about it i it know like, what it is it's, i was ready to uh, i was jump ready to jump into the computer and just you know, <laughs> eat it
1: so that was the recipe that i posted a few years ago i did it for the food network and it's a carrot cake that has a little cayenne pepper just for a kick, so not only it lends a bright orange color to the carrots, All right. it just gives you a little mouth feel afterwards. And to counteract the kick, the heat, mm-hmm. um, the frosting is not just cream cheese, it's a white chocolate buttercream.
0: Oh, that's what it was. It was a white chocolate yeah, buttercream. It, cream. it melts on your mouth. That cocoa butter is really amazing. Wow. When did raisins get into carrot cake? <laughs>
1: There are many variations. There's raisins. uh, It's not not always? No. Well, we have to ask because not everybody likes it. Some people like the type of carrot cake that has um, pineapple. So there are many variations, you ask. And every cake is baked for the occasion, so it's very easy to customize. If somebody wants a darker chocolate or conversely a lighter chocolate, we can
0: accommodate. Do you find that people have... Like, uh, there are wine experts, the Wine Enthusiast magazine, mm-hmm. you can study about wine. You can, onologist, you know, you can go to, you know, the Loire Valley and, the, you know, and taste the grapes and stuff like that. So they all think that they know everything about wine. And, and the same thing with a lot of Oh, food. I know where you're going with it. There are cake experts, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, the yeah, people absolutely. who make, <laughs>
1: make the mission of a lifetime to taste cake, and I'll, I welcome them. Oh, no and kidding, there are. Well, that's <laughs> I don't right. We don't have a title for that. But of course, cake is always a popular thing. And cake is about celebration and making something special. And that's why Let Them Eat Cake is such a unique expression, because it's not necessarily an everyday occurrence that you get to taste cake. Of course, I can have cake every
0: day because I work in a bakery. I was going to ask, how do you stay trim? You must do yoga because I could see the way you're sitting. You're sitting in a yoga this lotus is a, position. Yeah, this is a podcast, so they're not seeing anything. Right. I could be... Yeah, exactly. You could look like James Beard or something. No, but, but I
1: work out a few times a week with a trainer, and I try to counteract my sweet consumption with healthy diet. So I eat a lot of vegetables. and uh, you I taste everything. I taste everything, and I also cook at home. I love cooking, and I like to entertain. So I think when you cook for people are, or most of weakness for myself, Mm -hmm. you're not just gobbling something from package. Right. So I can control. And I I think the quality of ingredients is very important. So rather than opening a jar of sauce, if
0: I make it myself, the sauce is good for you. Because you know exactly what's going into it. Mm -hmm. I also use a lot of olive oil. In the cakes or just in general? (laughs) In
1: life? (laughs) In life, for my own diet, I use a lot of olive oil but i do have some cakes that have olive oil especially for passover Mm. it's sort of italian cakes that don't have flour in them but the problem is i could i could make cakes that are more unique and unusual with olive oils with no flour only based on um, almonds cakes that have spices in them herbs but these will be more interesting, I think, in a restaurant situation or a catering situation. When you serve 300 people for a wedding, the clients will be, at rightly so, a little bit more cautious because you want to make sure that everybody enjoys it. So unusual flavors are hard sell. unless the cli- We had a, an Indian bride, Indian-American, and she wanted to taste some exotic Asian flavors, so we used oil of bergamot which is an exotic South Asian citrus. Oh, wow. And it's more well-known here uh, as an addition to Earl Grey tea. So that gives you that additional elevated uh, taste sensation. Right. And that married really well with our cakes. But if you told people in a reception that they're tasting bergamot cake, they would know, have no idea. right? We have an, another uh, example is calamansi, which is an amazing... Calamansi, Kalam- which is uh, it's available uh, from Brazil and neighboring countries. It will be unknown here. So we have blood orange, we have passion fruit, blackberries, which have become more popular and acceptable. But there are many more. And fruit. use the
0: extract, of course. I mean, no, we use the real fruit. No, but I mean, you like squeeze it and just use everything except. Well, it depends. The for instance, if you want to produce a great
1: raspberry flavor, you would cook down the fruit. And you
0: create um, right. That's what I, right. A compound or a reduction. Reduction. Yeah, I knew that. That's the word. I knew there was a word. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything you've never been asked? <laughs> you've been interviewed a million times. I mean, like, what have you never been asked? Ah, that's a great question, and I have to ponder the answer. Have I not been asked in an interview or anywhere
1: at a dinner party? You know, sitting around saying, "Oh, Ron." You know, people ask questions that just became. People ask me questions that became, over time, expected. People say, did you ever drop a cake? And I have my packed answer. I actually never dropped a cake, but I've thrown cakes at employees. I really have. (laughs) And I I always missed, but I would throw something uh, out of impatience. Sure. Um, What people don't ask me, and it's a good question, is what are you afraid of? What are you afraid of, Ron? I'm afraid of disappointing people. That's a very codependent statement, but it's true. So I'm always very careful with what I promise. The idea is to make people happy. We are in the business of making people happy. It's impossible to 100% make everybody happy at all times. I know that because I'm an adult mm-hmm. and it's being drilled into me. But inside me, there's a kid that needs to make his mama happy. <laughs> and I want my father to come and see me perform and say it was the best. So we try our best and everything is very organized, which every pastry chef or baker will tell you, we, we measure everything by grams. Everything is so exact, and you know we work with exact color swatches, and we write contracts, and we explain, and we sketch. But once in a while, there will be an occasion that the client will not—a client would claim that they have not—we have not matched the expectations. And there are many reasons for that, and we try to avoid them. So uh, the size is defined, the scope. I always repeat um, an equation that. The budget also determines the amount of work we can do. You'll always get a high-quality cake. It will always be fresh. It will always be delicious. It will be what we promise in the contract. Mm -hmm. But I can't always match people's expectations if they're not realistic. But, you know, because it is artistic, there are interpretations. So we would use 24-carat gold on a cake, but how much? Wow. Oh,
0: actual 24-carat gold.
1: Yeah. 24-carat gold is purely edible. It has no nutritional value, but it has a lot of mystical qualities. People for centuries believe that gold, uh, provided to nobility and royalty will give them open yeah. strength, elongated life, uh, sexual prowess. Um,
0: people believe today that it can help arthritis. It right, let me ask you a very practical question. Mm-hmm. You get 24 karat gold. Now, obviously this is expensive.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: How does it literally come? Does it come in a vial? Gold and precious
1: metals come in two forms. One is, um, it's called a book. They're really very thinly pounded and they're measured by microns. Who knows what the micron is? It's very small (laughs) quantity. So these pages are in between uh, tissue paper. And that's a traditional way of using gold leaf. It comes in little squares that you can apply to a cake. You can also flake off and they're very carefully applied by a sable brush. The other way is to purchase the gold powdered, and then it's mixed with high proof alcohol and painted over. I just want to say something about the use of gold and other things uh, that go into the cake. It's a a painful subject for me because as a professional and with the health department, with um, carrying high insurance and liability, one needs to certify that everything is indeed edible. And that is not a simple task because a lot of manufacturers for, in quotes, cake decorating
2: mm-hmm. are
1: not as particular as manufacturers of food products. So this has been an ongoing struggle to get everything certified and to make sure that what we provide our clients is indeed safe. Well, for
0: example, what wouldn't,
1: what well, wouldn't be? Well, for example, safe? the gold. So our manufacturer and provider of gold certifies that it is indeed pure and edible but you can go to a store that provides cake decorating supplies. And I'm saying that in quotes and that right. would have different standards. So mm-hmm. in the United yeah. States, we have to get involved with the FDA and make sure that everything we provide will not harm our clients. You know, we also have to be careful about how employees are protected when we work with food colors that are powdered. We all wear surgical masks and no we have, a, yeah. And we have a special air purifier to protect in that room where we work, to protect the employees. Wow. So there are a lot of things. Uh, when our employees uh, work on baking and icing the cakes, we have installed special uh, shock absorbents on the floors so they don't strain the back. Uh, when we sit down, I often go and stop the work and make sure that employees relax the shoulders so they don't strain it will affect the quality of the work but also the health of us our health it depends on good posture and certain work environment we're very lucky to be on the 13th floor and if you're superstitious maybe we're not a good fit for you (laughs) however the reason what i want to mention is we're not working in a basement on the ground floor we are very lucky to have uh, double exposure both southern and northern so we work in daylight and that really affects the quality of our work not only we can judge colors and execution using daylight it affects our mood because you come in the morning and you have daylight you live later on and it's still late that's so point, yeah. this environment is really conductive to creating what we do and there is an expression uh that says everything is it's actually to do with the astrology
2: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> which i'm don't know much about it, no, but I mean, the yes. expression is everything is predicted, but the permission is given. The idea is that we have patterns, we have, if you want to call faith, uh, not faith, uh, fate. Mm-hmm. The permission is given to take actions as humans. So, if applied to making cakes, there are patterns, there are expectations. There's oven temperature. There's dairy product. There's eggs. But how you put it together, ultimately, there's permission to do it as a human being, and therefore it would be
0: different from one cake to another. Wow, it's fantastic. Ron Ben-Israel, I can't tell you what what a treat this has been. Doug Winters, you have a voice that can sell anything. (laughs) Thanks. How about we take it on the road? Oh, we are on the road with this podcast. We could take this show absolutely on the road. Anybody can listen anywhere? Anyone can listen. It's on Apple Podcasts. Just go to the Wedding Wisdom Podcast with Doug Winters. And you subscribe. It's free. Preston said the one after you I have to get is Martha. Preston said you have to get Martha Stewart. So
1: I said, okay, hook me up. Probably Martha would have given you a coaster for the tea mug well you gave me a, a napkin I, those. right and we did serve you on fine china i am so honored i truly yeah. appreciate it so uh i know it's over but i want to always pay homage to martha because she's the one who suggested for me to take this road of professional baking because no i wasn't a fully-fledged professional i was toying with it and she featured me in her first magazines and took me on a uh, show on a TV show. Wow! So I've always been intrigued by the way she handles things. She's very good in improvising and, and learning things and demonstrating why she learns. And there's some kind of ease that I admired. And also she, uh, one of the people who contributed to my application for citizenship in the United oh, States. Wow! So Martha's a very yeah, important person in your life. Yeah, people don't realize. Of course, she has a great influence, but she touched millions of people's lives, whether directly, which is very unique. Mm-hmm. But if you ever work with her or around her, then there's a personal connection, but also through her appearances and publications and books.
0: Ron Israel I cannot thank you enough.
1: Thank you, Doug. It's been a pleasure. We can talk forever. I know we could. <laughs> I'd
0: love this. <laughs> Time to I'll, go and I'll bake. come back. We'll do, we'll do more. We'll do more. Thank okay. you so much. You bet. Well, I don't know what I could possibly say to follow that, (laughs) Um, except to say that the New York Times has said Mr. Ben Israel is the Manolo Blahnik of wedding cakes. How's that? That's not a bad write-up. So you can find Ron at RBI Cakes, as in Ron Ben Israel, on Instagram. And his beautiful website is at WeddingCakes.com. You can find me at Doug Winters, Inc., On Instagram and my website is DougWintersMusic.com and you can see a live video of my band and get to see what I do when I'm not doing this. So if you haven't done so, please subscribe to the Wedding Wisdom Podcast and, you know, let's keep this going.